we fall into the trap of unbelief. The disciples fell into that trap. And yet they really did have the full authority and permission from Jesus to do a good work. The Lord always gives us the permission to do a good work for Him. Take your Bible, if you would please, and open to the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew chapter number 17. Would you turn there, please? Matthew 17. Tonight we're going to be talking on this subject, the trap of disbelief. The trap of disbelief. Matthew chapter number 17. And let's have a word of prayer before we go any further, shall we? Our Heavenly Father, thank you that we can come to you because you answer prayer. Father, the Bible says that all flesh shall come to thee. Our Heavenly Father, we ask that you would give us wisdom to understand the uh, story tonight in this chapter. Holy Spirit, please apply it to our hearts. Make us stronger in faith, stronger in love, stronger in a desire to serve and to give, stronger with a, uh, a burning desire to see the lost saved and help use our lives. Father, even if it be in some small way, but... Usually it's much bigger, but use our lives to help others come to know Jesus as Savior. So bless us tonight, we pray. In Jesus' name we ask, amen. All right, we have a very interesting uh, chapter here before us. Uh, the chapter begins here how that Jesus took Peter, James, and John in verse 1 and brought them up into a high mountain. And scholars who study this believe that this is probably Mount Hermon, about 4,000 foot elevation. It's sort of northwest of the Sea of Galilee. So that'll give you some idea as to where the mountain uh, is, was and is. And of course, up there on that mountain, his clothes, his raiment changed to glistening, glistening white, and there appeared before him Moses and Elijah. You all know this story, I'm sure. And so they had an amazing experience up there. The Mount of Transfiguration because Jesus was transfigured before them. And so uh, comes time now for them to come down the mount. He had left his nine disciples at the foot of the mountain. They were camped out there. And when they start coming down the, the mountain, they see a crowd gathered. And so uh, the Lord Jesus leads his few disciples down the mountain to the crowd. And uh, what's going on here? Well, quite, quite something was going on. Quite an event was going on while the Lord was away. The nine disciples were down there. And this father had a demon-possessed boy. And it was so pathetic. The, the demon inside the boy tried to kill a boy uh, many ways. Um, he would throw him into the fire. You see in verse 15, the father said to Jesus, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic. Um, and sore vexed, for oft times he falleth into the fire and, and oft into the water. See, this was the demon inside him. If we were to, to compare this uh, passage here with uh, Mark chapter 9, Luke chapter 9, they both talk about 
this same incident. And so the father's heart was broken. And so I'm sure he may have tried other things, but then he heard about Jesus. And so he brought his son to Jesus. Uh, well, Jesus wasn't there. The disciples were there, nine of them. And so he presents the case. And of course, the disciples couldn't cure him. Verse 16, I brought him to thy disciples and they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation. He's not talking about his disciples. He's talking about that generation of Jewish folk that he was ministering to. How long shall I be with you? Well, not much longer, really, because he's in his last year. Um, it won't be too much longer before he goes to Jerusalem and is uh, crucified. So he's not going to be with them that much longer. How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil and he departed out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Now what I want you to see is verses 19 and 20. This becomes the heart of the message tonight. So on the heels of what we've just been refreshed here, what we've learned. Then came the disciples, these would be the nine of them, to Jesus apart and said, why could not we cast him out? And Jesus, verse 20, and Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief. Then he goes on to talk about um, having faith even the size of a mustard seed. And he says, if, if ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, so that would be Mount Hermon, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. So why would uh, the Lord talk about that? Why would he talk that way? Well, we're not told specifically, but I think the reason why Jesus spoke of moving a mountain was because it's not something that ever happens. He used the largest possible example. If he had said, uh, if you have faith the size of a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this, this uh, plant or this little tree, you know, be removed and, and move over there. Well, anyone could do that. A man could do that. Some men are strong. They could pull up a small tree all by themselves. They're still powerful. Otherwise, they'd use a shovel or something and they'd get that out and they'd move it wherever they want. That's what man can do. But how many men can move a mountain? How often does that happen? Well, I suppose they could move a, move a, a, a mound of, of dirt or something, but uh, it doesn't happen very often. Even these days with uh, modern uh, mining, dynamite and big equipment and so on, it's not often that they move big, uh, big mounds. But here in Jesus' day, no, no one did it. No one moved mountains. And so I think the Lord used this as an example to say, if you have faith, you could even do something as huge as this. And so everything else in comparison with that, you see. So I think that's what he's getting at here. But verses 18 and 19, once again, why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief. Here it is, the trap of unbelief. And it's a trap that's easy to fall into. And you and I have often fallen into this trap and we don't even realize it. It happens to Christians worldwide. The trap of unbelief. 
Well, what was it then that they were not believing? They came with a legitimate question. Lord Jesus, we tried. We tried to cast out the devil. We couldn't do it. Why could not we cast him out? And the Lord very point blank tells them, because of your unbelief. And so that begs the question, unbelief in what? What was it that they were not believing? Is it possible that they, they didn't believe that this man was the boy's father? Could that be why Jesus said, because of your unbelief? You didn't believe that this man was the boy's father. Well, that sounds kind of silly. That doesn't seem like it's logical. It doesn't seem like it would make sense. Why would the disciples not believe that, that this man was the boy's father? I mean, that's kind of dumb. Well, what about uh, demons? Maybe the disciples didn't believe in demons. Could that be what Jesus was referring to when he said, because of your unbelief? Why could not we cast them out? Because of your unbelief. You don't believe in demons. Could that be what the disciples were not believing in? Uh, no. Uh, everyone believed in demons back then. That was very common. Uh, demon possession was, was very common. These disciples had been with Jesus and on numerous occasions had seen him cast out devils. And so, no, that one doesn't make sense. Well, I don't know. Because of your unbelief, what was it that the disciples were not believing? Did they not believe that the boy was actually demon-possessed? Maybe they, they thought that the boy was uh, putting it on an act. It was all just a circus act in order to get sympathy so they could collect money. Is that maybe what the disciples were not believing? They didn't believe that the boy was actually demon-possessed. Well, that doesn't fit the story either. Because if they didn't believe the, the boy was demon-possessed, then why did they try and cast out the demon in the first place? Because they tried. And they came to Jesus and said, we tried to cast him out. Why could not we cast him out? And so they did believe uh, in demons. They believed that the, the man was the boy's father. They believed that the boy really was demon-possessed. Well, then what was it? Jesus said, you couldn't do it because of your disbelief. Disbelief in what? What was it that they were not believing? Now, the word believe, you have to understand, means to believe with all your heart. The English word Believe comes from an old English word, by leaven. And the leaven means what we would call belief, and the prefix by amplifies it. So the, the idea is with all your heart. Um, the evangelist Philip, in uh, Acts chapter 8, spoke with the Ethiopian eunuch. And uh, he was witnessing to him, and the guy was following him along. They they came to a body of water and the Ethiopian eunuch said, here's water, what doth hinder me from being baptized? And Philip said, well, you can if you believe with all your heart. And then the Ethiopian man made a good confession of faith. He got saved. And so Philip baptized him. In um, John chapter 3, verse 16, one of the most familiar verses in the whole Bible, um, the Lord Jesus said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth, believeth in him. See, that means with all the heart. With all the heart, a man or woman will come to Jesus and will say, I believe what you have to say, Lord. 
You say, I'm lost. I'm on my way to hell because of my sin. I believe it. You say, I don't deserve to go to heaven. I believe it. You say, I deserve to be separated from you in hell. I believe it. I believe it with all my heart. But I also believe that you are God in the flesh. I believe that you died for my sins on the cross. I believe you paid what I owe in hell. I believe that if I will repent of my sin and receive you as my personal Savior, that you will come in my heart and forgive my sin, cleanse me. You will save me, save me from going to hell and take me to heaven one day. You say, that's a lot of belief. That's about right, yeah. That's what happens when a man or woman gets saved. They believe with all the heart. So that's what the word believe means. It means to believe with all the heart. As I say, John 3.16 is a good example for salvation. And yet, the disciples came to Jesus and said, why could not we cast him out? And Jesus answered them, because of your unbelief. Well, what was it that they were not believing? There was something, something that they were not believing with all their heart. Now, what was it? Had they never cast out demons before? Had they no experience in this? Well, the answer is yes, they, they had cast out demons themselves. Now, keep your finger there, please, or put a little marker in Matthew 17, because we're going to be coming back to this. But go to Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. So we'll be coming back to Matthew 17. But put a little marker there and go to Matthew chapter 10. Chapter 10 at the beginning, the Lord Jesus calls the 12 disciples to be his apostles. In verse 1 it says, He gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. He gave those 12 disciples that authority, that permission, that power. They were standing there and Jesus said, I give this to you. Here's what you'll be able to do. And in verse 5, these 12 Jesus sent forth and commanded them saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles and enter not into... The city of the Samaritans, enter ye not, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, and as ye go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Verse 8, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils, freely ye have received, freely give. So yes, these nine disciples, apostles, they had experience with casting out devils. They did it. They actually did it when they went from city to city because Jesus sent them out. They actually did all of these things. And so, here's the point. Whatever they had in chapter 10, they seem to have lost in chapter 17. Does that make sense? Because at one point, they were casting out devils. And now in chapter 17, seven chapters later, this father with the demoniac kid come to the nine disciples, help, help. And they're useless. They can't do anything. And Jesus comes and casts the demon out. And then afterward, privately, the disciples come to him and say, what went wrong? Lord, why could not we cast him out? And the answer was, because of your unbelief. Hmm. Why could not we cast him out? Because of your unbelief. Hmm. Well, it doesn't say, hmm, I threw that in. But you get the idea that the disciples would have, hmm, <laughs> maybe would have taken it sort of like that. 
And so, back in chapter 10, they were casting out devils. Here in chapter 17, the nine of them together weren't able to cast out this devil. In chapter 10, what did they have? I suggest to you that what they had in chapter 10 was the full assurance from Jesus, the full permission from Jesus, the full authority given to them by Jesus himself to go into these cities and to do this work, including casting out uh, demons. And they heard him, and they, they just took it at face value, and they went out and they did it. And indeed, they healed the sick, and in some cases raised the dead, and they cast out devils. They did it in chapter 10. They had this full assurance, full authority from Jesus. So in chapter 17, when they're not able to cast out a devil, they, they hesitated, they stumbled, they failed. And I'd like to uh, suggest to you that this is their unbelief. Now, perhaps on that day, when Jesus was up in that mountain, and they were down at the foot of the mountain, and a crowd was gathering, and this man came with his son, and they looked at each other, and he wanted them to cast the devil out. And uh, what do you think, fellas? Uh, is this, are we up to this? Who knows what they said amongst themselves, but perhaps, only perhaps, they said, well, you know, Jesus isn't here. Yeah, I know. He's up there in the mountain with Peter, James, and John. Oh, if only Jesus were here. Here's a man with a son, demoniac son. Wow, our hearts go out to the boy. A real need, absolutely legitimate. Hey, you remember when Jesus gave us power? Remember that when he sent us forth? When he sent us out there? And you remember we actually cast out some demons? Yeah, but that was back then. And, and Jesus was right there and he gave us the permission. Ah, but Jesus isn't here. He's up in that mountain. I guess we'll just have to do the best we can without him. And so they faltered, stumbled, and failed. Why could not we cast him out? Because of your unbelief. Hmm. Their unbelief, I'm suggesting to you, was wrapped in the fact that they stumbled and faltered over having permission and authority from Jesus to do it. And I'm suggesting that probably they thought, because Jesus isn't here, oh, if only Jesus were here, Jesus would know what to do. Jesus would be able to cast that devil right out. In fact, maybe skip him like a stone across the lake or something like that. Jesus could do that. Yeah, I know. But he's not here. He's not here. You know, uh, at one point, Jesus was preaching to multitudes and he said, um, time to feed them. You remember this? And so the disciples said, whoa, time out. 200 penny worth of bread isn't enough to feed this crowd, there were 5,000 men plus women plus children. Conservative estimates put the number at perhaps 10,000 people. And you want us to feed them. Jesus said, they need not go away. You feed them. Us? You know, Jesus wouldn't have said that if he wasn't serious. He doesn't play games, little word games, mind games. 
He was serious. And the disciples that day had to learn a lesson. That they had the power of God. They just didn't realize it. And I'm suggesting to you that on this day, in Matthew chapter 17, the disciples fell into a common trap that you and I fall into. And it's the trap of unbelief or disbelief, if you will. Perhaps when Jesus did come down from the mountain, they looked up, look, there he is, there's Jesus coming down with Peter, James, and John. It wasn't the nine disciples who rushed to him. It was the multitude that got to him first. Possibly, if the disciples had said, gangway, we're... We're going to see Jesus first. And if they had rushed to Jesus, possibly, perhaps, if they had run to Jesus first and said, Lord Jesus, there's a demon-possessed boy. Do we have your permission? Do we have your power? Can we cast him out? If they had said that, if they had asked that, I think the Lord Jesus would have said, be my guest. Do it. And they would have come and cast that demon out. But they didn't. And they came to Jesus after and said, why could not we cast him out? Because of your unbelief. Hmm. Because of your disbelief or your unbelief. Um, Let's play a little game together, shall we? Not often that we play games. Let's play a little game. We're going to role play this. And I'm going to ask you to help me out, okay? We're going to do sort of a half and half of this conversation. The end of verse uh, number 19 and the beginning of verse number 20. And so um, I'd like you to take the part first. You be the disciples and I'll be Jesus. All right? And so what you'll do is you'll ask, why could not we cast him out? And then I'll take the part of Jesus and I'll reply, because of your disbelief or because of your uh, Unbelief, I guess that's the proper word there. Because of your unbelief. Alright? So you know your part? Yes? Any questions? Everyone know what to do? You going to help me with this? Or are you going to sit there? Going to help me? Yes? Alright, okay. So, we'll get started here. So, audience, why could not? Now say it. Why? Because of your unbelief. You got to say the hmm. Hmm. Let me hear you do another hmm. Hmm. That's pretty good. All right, let's try it again. Okay, you go first. Why? Because of your unbelief. We're getting there. I think we need to do it a couple more times and we'll have it down pat. All right, here we go. One, two, three. Because of your unbelief. Again. Because of your unbelief. Good. Because of your unbelief. Pretty good. All right. Now let's turn it around. Okay. I'll be the disciples. You be Jesus. Okay. And we'll do the same thing. Are you ready? All right. Why could not we cast them out? Hmm. All right. Try it again. All right. Here we go. Why could not we cast him out? Hmm. Why could not we cast him out? Hmm, one more time. Why could not we cast him out? Hmm, all right. Now let's play the game once more, but let's put a little modern day twist on it, shall we? 
Just a little bit of a twist. And we'll keep playing the game here. Um, I'll be the disciples. You be Jesus. Now you're still going to answer the same thing. But I'm going to ask the question in a little more modern day context. Okay, are you with me? So you're going to be Jesus. And what are you going to say? Yeah, and I'm going to say, hmm. Okay, are you ready? All right, let's try this. Why don't we see more people saved? Hmm, let's try that again. Why don't we see more people saved? Hmm, why don't we see more saved people baptized? Hmm, why don't we see more victories in Christians' lives? Hmm, why don't we see more peace and joy in our homes? Hmm. Why don't we see more answers to prayer? Hmm. Why don't we see more joy in our homes? Hmm. Why don't we see the ownership of the 104 building? Hmm. You get the idea? We fall into the trap of unbelief. The disciples fell into that trap. And yet, they really did have the full authority and permission from Jesus to do a good work. The Lord always gives us the permission to do a good work for Him. Now, if it's something vainglorious, we don't have permission to do that. If it's something sinful, we don't have permission to do that. But if it's something for God's glory, that's going to result in people getting blessed, God being glorified, we have permission to do that. The disciples had been given permission. They were given God's authority through Jesus. He gave them authority and permission and blessing to do these things. And so that was maybe a year ago uh, or a year and a half previous to, to chapter 17. But they got it. And they walked with Jesus and they saw more of it. But now, whatever they had in chapter 10, they lost in chapter 17. And so when they came to Jesus and said, why could we not cast him out? Jesus simply answered them, what? Tell me. Hmm. They couldn't do it because of their unbelief. Unbelief in what? Well, they didn't seem to think that they had permission. They didn't seem to think they had authority because Jesus wasn't right there to tell them. Maybe they, they said, well, you know, we had authority. He gave us authority to cast out demons, but he didn't say demon-possessed boys. Now, there's an exception there, and ooh, maybe we better not do anything there. And as soon as you start thinking and talking that way, you fall into the trap of unbelief. The Lord is wanting us to pray, to prove me now, herewith saith the Lord. Remember that one in Malachi 3.17 about tithing? Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in mine house and prove me now, herewith saith the Lord, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. The Lord is wonderful and He wants us to behave and act like His children. Now, listen, let's put the brakes on for a second. These days, there's a lot of hocus-pocus being spread on uh, the internet um, and in, in live church services of things and real nonsense. People speaking like donkeys, you know, doing somersaults in the name of Jesus. 
You know, that, that, that kind of carnival stuff does not have God's blessing. If we can do something that will be a blessing to people and will bring God great glory and maybe result in people getting saved. But certainly to encourage people to put their faith and love and trust in the Lord, if we can do things that will promote that, we have all of the permission, all of the power we need. We really do. And this, I think, is what this story teaches us here. Many Bible-believing churches around the world have fallen into the trap of unbelief when they say, oh well, Jesus isn't here physically. No. If Jesus were here, why, he'd snap his fingers and this would happen and that great thing would happen. But Jesus isn't here. And so I guess we're just going to have to do the best we can ourselves. Bingo. We've just fallen into the trap of unbelief. He doesn't have to be here. The Roman centurion had a favorite uh, servant that got sick. And he sent word, Jesus, would you come and heal my servant? So Jesus agrees. And as he's on his way, the Roman centurion sends another word and says, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under the roof of my house, but speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority. And I say to this one, come, and he comes, and this one, go, and he goes. And so, Lord, speak the word only. And Jesus marveled at this man's faith. This man understood authority. This man understood that when Jesus spoke a word, things happened. We have been given, as a church, we have been given certain authority. We have the authority to baptize. The local church, the local Bible-believing church has the authority to baptize. Other groups do not have that authority. Sometimes these TV preachers will take a big caravan of people you know, on a tour in Israel and say, well, we're going to go to the Jordan and we're going to baptize everyone in the Jordan. They don't have the authority of God to do that. And afterward, we're going to celebrate communion. They don't have the authority to do that. It's not been given to them. It's been given to a local Bible-believing, gospel-preaching church. They're the only ones that have the authority to do that sort of thing. Well, we have authority to go to God and pray for great things, for His glory. We have that authority. It's been given to us. But as soon as we say, oh, well, if only Jesus were here, but He's not, right away we are limiting the power of God You know, the Lord Jesus went around Israel and he did some marvelous miracles. But when he got to his hometown, he couldn't really do anything. And it's because of the unbelief of the people. That's what the scriptures say. The people just didn't believe. Is not this the carpenter? You know, his son, the carpenter's son, and his mother's Mary, and his brothers are these... Who is this guy? And because of their disbelief, their unbelief, Jesus didn't do much in the way of miracles. I hope you have a hunger in your heart to see God do something great, something marvelous, something beyond human capacity. And that's what the Lord is wanting to do. He's always looking for people who will trust Him. The eyes of the Lord are running to and fro throughout the whole earth. And He's looking for for folks that will put their faith and trust in Him so that He can show Himself strong on their behalf. And God is looking for a church just like ours. 
who are not weak in faith, but strong in belief that we really can go to God and see great things done. You know, uh, how many of you here like to cook? Can you raise your hand if you like to cook? Three people? Over on this side, anyone like to cook? One? Maybe one and a half? So three or four or five? Anyone over here? You like to cook? Like to cook? Hey, I'm not going to ask you to cook. You can freely raise your hand. Okay, well, those of you who, who know how to cook, when the recipe calls to season it with salt, how many handfuls of salt do you throw into the pot? You put in how much? A tiny bit. Just a little sprinkling. That's all you put in. Why? Because that's all it takes. If you threw in a handful of salt, I don't think you could eat your concoction. It's just a sprinkling. And Jesus said that we are the salt of the earth. It's amazing how a little bit of salt can cause a huge effect. We are in the minority. Born again Christians all over the world. We are in the minority. But it's amazing the power and the effect that we can have. But it's not our power. It's God's power through us. You see? And God is looking for a church who will be strong in faith, who will get a hold of God and start praying and believing, God, you can move mountains. You can do anything. Lord, we want to see this happen for you. We want to see that happen for you. And get a hold of God and pray and keep on praying and not give up. This is so important. Had the, the disciples had been given the authority and permission back in Matthew 10 to cast out devils, but they fell into the trap of, of unbelief because Jesus wasn't there and Jesus never specifically said, boys, little boys that are demon-possessed, maybe. Our church already has the power, it already has the permission, I should say, and the authority, we already have it. We already have the authority from Jesus to pray and do mighty things for God. Now, uh, would you look at Matthew chapter 9, please? I think you're in chapter 10, are you? Look at chapter 9. You have here the story in verse 27 of two blind men. And they came to Jesus and wanted to be healed. And so in verse 28, the second half, the last half of verse 28, the Lord Jesus asks these men a question. Believe ye that I'm able to do this. Believe ye that I am able to do this. Well, why don't we see so-and-so saved? Do you really believe that I can do it? Do you believe that I can bring the gospel to him, that I can bring him to the gospel? Do you believe I'm able to do it? Oh, this person is so hard, they'll never get saved. Well, then I guess you're right. Because there's no faith there. So Jesus said, Believe ye that I am able to do this. And they said unto him, Yea, Lord. Verse 29, Then touched he their eyes, saying... And Underline these words in your Bible. Make sure they're underlined. According to your faith, be it unto you. According to your faith, be it unto you. Believe ye that I'm able to do this. Yeah. According to your faith, be it unto you. Now, go to Mark chapter 11, would you please? And we're going to finish in just a minute. Mark chapter 11. We have here the story when the Lord Jesus 
cursed the fig tree and the disciples the next day noticed, wow, the things withered from the roots up. And verse 22, Jesus said to them, have faith in God. Have faith in God, for verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed. Now this is not the same mountain as Mount Hermon. This is Mount of Olives or, or Mount Olivet as it was called. It was outside of Jerusalem. This mountain here. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. And verse 24, Therefore I say unto you, What things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them. Underline those words in your Bible. Believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. I'm not talking about charismatic nonsense. I'm not talking about winning the lotto on Friday nights. I'm not talking about going into the hospital and trying to you know, heal all the sick and raise all the dead and, and all that kind of thing. I'm, I'm talking about things that will bring God glory, will help people put their faith and trust in Him. They're not done for vain glory. We have the authority to go to God and ask Him for great things. We really do. We do, we do. That verse 24 is one of the greatest verses I've ever seen when it comes to prayer. And if you turn back two chapters, maybe just a page in your Bible, to chapter number 9, you have here that very same story that we began with. The story of when Jesus came down the side of the mountain, there was the father with a demon-possessed boy. And... We'll take a look here. Um, you see in verse 22, you've got the same pathetic description. Oft times it hath cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Underline those words in your Bible. Those words should jump off the page. And what I want you to see is verse 24. Straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. And that's our problem right there, is the trap of unbelief. Why could not we cast him out? Because of your unbelief. huh? Why don't we see more great things happen? Because of your unbelief. huh? Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. Amen? So the conclusion ought to be simple. Let's start attempting great things for God. And let's start expecting great things from God. So pray with me now. Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word. Thank you.